This is Terminal Talk, the audio journal for the Owensville Terminal Model Railroad. Welcome and thank you for listening. My name is Tom Convoy and I will be discussing the experience of building an HO Model Railroad as well as other model railroad and railroad related topics. This is episode number six. Today on the podcast, I will be discussing Model Railroad Scenery, Part 2. The first item I want to discuss is the scenery base. I did talk about some materials to use for the scenery base in the last podcast, but I want to get a little more in-depth with some of the characteristics of these materials. First, let's take a look at plywood. Plywood comes in a variety of thicknesses, 3 8 1 half, and 3 quarter inch. 3 8 inch is a bit thin for me. It easily warps without sufficient bracing. Half inch is a good size to work with. It doesn't warp as bad as 3 8 inch, but it still requires sufficient bracing. 3 quarter inch is the perfect size for me. I have experienced very little warping with this thickness, and it needs less bracing than the other two sizes. I prefer to use birch plywood over the cheaper plywood sheathing. It costs about twice as much, but it really is a joy to work with. My layout is sectional, and I follow the domino method that David Barrow uses and has shared in several past issues of Model Railroader magazine. I cut the plywood into strips, and I use these strips for the sides of the dominoes instead of using 1x4 pine boards. The top of the domino is a 1 foot by 4 foot piece of 3 quarter inch birch plywood. I will add foam and plaster cloth on top of this base piece of birch plywood. The great thing about this method is I can modify the scenery. If I don't like the effect or I decide to change the scene, I can easily scrape off the scenery material and start over on top of the plywood base. The plywood top is not my scenery base, but it's what I like to call the foundation. My scenery base is made of foam, and that's the second material I want to look at. I use two different kinds of foam products. I use extruded foam insulation and expanded beadboard foam insulation. Extruded foam is the kind that is sold in home building centers. It's usually colored blue or pink depending on the manufacturer. It comes in 4 foot by 8 foot sheets. It usually is found in 1 inch thickness, although larger and smaller sizes may be available in your area. The other foam is expanded beadboard. It's the white foam. It also comes in a variety of sheet sizes. I like to use the foam sheet products for Woodland Scenics. They are a bit pricey, but they're not supposed to emit toxic fumes when cut with a hot wire cutting tool. Expanded beadboard foam will usually crumble when sanded or cut. Woodland Scenics foam sheets do not do this. I would suggest experimenting with a small piece of beadboard foam if you choose to purchase it from a building supply store instead of from Woodland Scenics. A word of caution though when cutting or sanding any kind of foam. Make sure to wear a dust mask. When cutting foam with hot wire cutting tool, make sure you always do this in a well ventilated area. Extruded foam does emit toxic fumes. Some beadboard material will do this as well. Woodland Scenics claims their foam products do not emit toxic fumes. That's one of the reasons why I like to use them. But my advice is to play it safe and ventilate. The third scenic base material I want to discuss is homosote. Homosote is made from shredded newspaper that is pressed together. It is usually a half inch thick. It's sold in four foot by eight foot sheets. But it's sometimes very difficult to find. You will want to call a building supply center in your area to see if they carry this product. The greatest advantage with homosote is the ability to hold track nails. Push these into the homosote with a nail set or pliers. No hammer is needed. The nails will hold fast. 
is also just as easy to pull the nails out if you need to make adjustments to your track. The greatest disadvantage with Homosote is cutting it. It generates a lot of dust. You will always want to wear a dust mask when cutting Homosote. The last two types of scenic base material are foam core board and cardboard. I prefer not to use either of these as scenic base material. They do warp easily and they need a whole lot of bracing if you choose to use them. One of the advantages of course is they're very lightweight. I do like to use these products for other applications. Cardboard is great for cutting into strips and weaving together to create hills and depressions. It's also useful for filling in larger gaps where Sculptamol won't work or where plaster cloth would sag too much. Foam core is great to use for structure bases and it's also useful for making roads. There are many products you can use for the scenery base. I encourage you to experiment with those I've mentioned before. Find the one that works best for your modeling needs and give it a go. This podcast is hosted for free by podbean.com. Welcome back. Let's take a look at podcast project number one, Building Scenery, part two. In the last podcast, I suggested locating a road on the base before adding scenery base material to it. If you have added a road, you will now need to cover that road. I like to use Sculptamol to build up the shoulders and drywall joint compound for the road surface. Joint compound can be wet sanded to create a very smooth surface. After the joint compound has dried, use a damp sponge to smooth out the road. Be sure to rinse and wring out the sponge frequently while wet sanding the joint compound. You can also use Sculptamol for the road surface if you are modeling a dirt road. Apply a thin layer of Sculptamol over the road material. Dip your fingers into water and then rub the surface of the Sculptamol until the desired level of smoothness is achieved. It won't be as smooth as a joint compound, but it does create an excellent texture for a dirt road. You will now want to paint the road surface. For paved roads, use an appropriate road color. For dirt roads, how about using real dirt? Be sure to sift the dirt to the level of fineness needed for your scale. You will also want to run a magnet through the dirt to pick up any metal fragments that may be present. Magnetized metal pieces will ruin a model railroad locomotive. Mist the road material with scenic cement or use an appropriate colored latex paint. Then you take the dirt and you sift it onto the wet scenic cement or the wet paint. Let this dry before moving on to the next step. Your diorama or layout should look like a snowstorm has covered it with a layer of white. Let's change that real quick. The first step is to cover the scenery base material with color. The process I like to use is as follows. I will paint a small area first with full strength latex paint. And it's about a square foot of area at a time. I like to use an earth colored interior flat latex paint to cover the white areas of the plaster cloth and sculpt mold. Pick up some paint swatches from your local building supply store. Pick the color that looks right for your area, and you'll want to purchase interior latex paint in a flat finish. Do not use satin, semi-gloss, or gloss paint. These types of paints will create an unrealistic shine, and this is very noticeable when the area is photographed or viewed under bright lights. While the paint is still wet, add a light dusting of fine green blend ground foam. Do not cover the entire area with a uniform layer of foam. Make sure to let some of that earth-colored paint show through the green foam. I will continue this process for the entire area I wish to cover. You can move on to the next step without waiting for the first layer of material to dry. The second step is to add some additional layers of ground foam and other materials to get rid of that golf course look. 
you will want to add various colors of coarse ground foam to the area. I like to apply the coarse foam before adding scenic cement. This way I can change the coarse foam pieces around and get it to look just right. After the coarse ground foam is applied, affix it with a misting of scenic cement. You can also apply scenic cement with an eyedropper if you prefer. Here's the way I like to do it. First, apply a liberal amount of isopropyl alcohol with an eyedropper to the areas covered with fine and coarse ground foam. Next, apply a liberal amount of scenic cement with the eyedropper to the areas already soaked in isopropyl alcohol. The alcohol allows the scenic cement to soak into the foam without surface tension. Here's a tip when applying scenic cement with an eyedropper. Apply the alcohol and scenic cement slowly to prevent pooling and shifting of the ground foam. You can move on to the next step without waiting for the scenic cement to dry. The third step is to add additional layers of texture to the surface. You can use a myriad of materials to create a realistic scene. Here are just a few examples. Use various grades of ground foam. Clump foliage clusters work well for higher ground cover. Field grass material creates a look of tall weeds and weed clusters. Woodland Scenics and Scenic Express offer several varieties. Use bits of natural material, such as twigs and weeds from your backyard. You can also grind up leaves and sift this material onto the scenery base. The idea is to create the variety that is found in nature. The fourth step is to add trees and bushes. You can use pre-made trees or you can create your own using natural materials found in nature. Sedum is a popular plant used for model trees because the dried flower tips look like trees. Just make sure to let them dry out thoroughly before using them. The last step is optional, but you may want to add structures or other man-made items to your scene, such as fences, billboards, piles of trash, and whatever else may look good for your scene. Be sure to use your imagination. Time now for Information Station. I want to share with you some resources related to this episode's topic. Internet links for this episode can be found on the main page of this podcast, and you can find that at terminaltalk.com. MRScenery.com is Dave Ferrari's website, and he has several scenery videos which are available for purchase. I'm giving some thought to purchasing his DVD entitled Easy Scenery from Start to Finish. WoodlandScenics.com and ScenicExpress.com offer a huge selection of scenery materials. Be sure to check the Terminal Talk podcast main page for this episode's show links. now for project updates. Unfortunately, I have nothing to report this month. My wife has had three surgeries over the last three months, so layout work has been on hold. For those of you who do care to know, my wife is doing well and is expected to make a full recovery. I do need to start working again on the Reagan feed mill kit. I also need to finish applying corrugated metal siding to the grain elevator that is located on section two of the layout. I might get one of these finished by the end of January, at least I hope to, although I really don't expect to finish the Reagan feed mill kit until probably sometime next spring. I also need to clean the layout and especially clean the track and actually get started running some trains again. I don't think I've run a train on there since probably before September so I know it's pretty dirty and it needs to be clean. We'll just have to see and hopefully uh, next month podcast I'll have something to report for project updates. To me a model railroad is not complete without scenery. Scenicing a layout is a lot of fun. I encourage you to give it a try. I also encourage you to share your experience with others. Let others know about this great hobby. 
Like the old saying goes, the more the merrier. This will conclude this episode of the podcast. Be sure to check back next time when I will be discussing more of what's going on with the Owensville Terminal Model Railroad. Thanks for listening. Royalty-free music for Terminal Talk has been provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.com.